Hello, my name is Terrence Abney, and welcome to the Connecticut Show. And I'm Travis Poppleton here with Terrence tonight on our Halloween episode. Halloween is getting spooky. You know what's really scary, Travis? I don't. Of how cold it's getting outside. My, it I is. couldn't see, I couldn't feel my fingers last night when I was out running. Oh, well, you're out running me. again. Excuse me, when I was out standing by the track watching people run. Did you, are you running again? I think people, I think listeners want to know, are you, are you healthy enough to get out there? Is your foot back in a, in a place where you can go on a road for a mile? We're going to say a mile. Yes. Are you doing that? No. Oh, all right. (laughs) And that's it, people. That's the scary thing about, (laughs) the scary thing about Connecticut. We're out. Yeah. The best show ever. The best show ever. You, um... We're not running. You were out watching runners, so I imagine you were coaching. Is that what was going on? Yeah, I was trying to. Well, I was more watching. I don't coach more nowadays. I more watch and look. So it is It is Halloween. This is one day. It is Sunday. Tomorrow is Halloween. It is Halloween Eve, which makes it Halloween Eve, or I guess All Hallows Eve Eve. And it is um, really just gorgeous weather. We couldn't have better weather right now for... Uh, the kids and the trick-or-treaters and all of the people that love the spirit of this season. We've had so many Halloweens where it's snowing or it's super cold or it still hasn't got cold enough. And I would say we're in really idyllic October weather. It was pretty cold last night, you all. Uh, right I, right I after Terrence get... <laughs> gives me the whole, I'm afraid of how cold it's getting. But that's that's the right, delight that's of it all, of right? It, yeah. The yeah. Le- a lot of the leaves are falling. I got to get somebody to come clean my leaves. It is, it is pretty nice weather during the day. When the sun goes down, the temperature drops terribly, really quickly. But, well, to me, probably because I don't dress for it. But um, I agree, it has been nice. The colors are starting to wane, though. That there's yeah. not a lot of leaves on the tree anymore, and yeah, I'm looking forward to getting out in the day with with my kids and hopefully going trick or treating and then hiding the candy for, from them so they don't go in the sugar shop. You're one of those one of those parents that hides all the candy. Um, I eat it really, and then I, they that, think it's hidden, but I really eat it. The one thing I regret is like kids get these elaborate costumes and they look forward to wearing them, and it is cold enough where most of those kids will have jackets over the costume. So for the trick-or-treaters that do show up, you're like, oh, who are you supposed to be? Because you just can't guess. Uh, your ski jacket number three. Welcome. Right. And yeah. he's like got a mask on <laughs> with nothing else. It's a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle colored mask yeah. and a ski jacket. Right. I yeah. imagine you're a turtle. Yeah, <laughs> you're one of the four. I'm fairly confident. Right. Yeah. So this episode, we're going to talk about, uh, in our spirit of always talking about New England, there are Terrence. If you if you go out and you're like, oh, haunted places to see in New England, or or like things to do in New England during Halloween, you're going to get like the attractions. You're going to get the the things that are like, oh, go to Salem, which. You know, be very careful if you're going to Salem at this time, not for dangerous reasons, but just because it's so crowded. Um, or you're going to see like what we talked about last week, that haunted overlord, over overload place with the like four story wooden oh, sculptures yeah. and stuff, which are very cool. However, I feel like every place in the country has those attractions. So what we want to focus on today, and we're we're both going to kind of tell you our 
our history with ghosts or our feelings about ghosts. But when we get into the New England part, it's not about, hey, where should you go spend some money to get some tickets and, and go to this haunted attraction? We, we want to talk about the actual haunted places of New England. You're right. And I'm going to tell you all the most scary thing in New England right now. Oil. And filling your oh, tank goodness, with oil yeah. as this season comes. Wasn't something that I did back at home. I just, Sorry for this rant. Just want to <laughs> say this really quickly. Everybody from home, from my hometowns down south, when they, if they come visit me, they're like, what is this big thing in your basement? I'm like, that's where they put the oil at. They're like, what do you need that type of oil for? And they're like, gas? And I'm like, no, no, oil. Like, pretty much diesel oil. That's that's what makes this fall and the coming winter. That's that's the scary stories in New England because most people have oil heating, and it is not a game. You're talking about averaging $500 a month once the winter time comes, and that's including, excuse me, that's not including your already electric bill, which goes up also. It's real here in New England, y'all. That's the real haunted story. Oil companies, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. You really should. You should. Shame, 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 oil companies. Scaring us like this. That's, that's, oh, my blood pressure went up. I'm sorry, everybody. No, I, I do want to say. If you work for an oil company, please don't stop listening to the show, but you, you know that oil is high. Yeah, there's there's some gouging going on. You you had said already that the scariest thing was the weather. So when you were like, you know what the scariest thing is, I was like, how are you going to not contradict yourself? And you pulled it off. You pulled it off. The two scariest things combined, really, and they, they kind of Getting feed cold, off of each other. Yeah. And then the oil goes up. You have from April until, and what, excuse me, yeah, from April until around this time, you're good. You hardly get the oil tank feel because you're not using that much heat. You're not using, well, you still use hot water, but even then you don't use it as much. Oh, I just got to say, I got to get a part-time job. We're, we're about at that point. Um, and I do think, one, anyone in New England right now is just nodding. Um, <laughs> but two, we should get on that eventually. Like when we start to get out of season, those January and February months where you're looking for a, a good theme, we should come back and talk about energy uh, and what has happened here. Because it is, for the Halloween episode, we'll just call it spooky. Um, but when we get into it, it's, it's a little more than that. So Terrence, before we jump into any storytelling, before we regale each other with with stories of our past supernatural encounters um what is your experience with ghosts are you someone who is frightened by them are you uh, a believer of the of the supernatural of the other world or largely apathetic to such stories i'm not apathetic because if i seen a ghost or something that looked like a ghost or anything i'd probably poop on myself <laughs> so I don't want to front like I'm one of those people who would, who would be like, oh, there's no such thing as ghosts. What you're seeing right there is, let's come on. Oh, no, that's not me. I, I don't. I try not to go check out things that people will see somewhere. Like if we're walking around here, because quick story. When I first got here, some coworkers were, wanted to go to Horse Barn Hill. Stopped by Horse Barn Hill, and it was mad dark. And they were like, we should go check out this side. You know, it was you, if you know Horse Barn Hill, there's a lot of Horse Barn Hill is on UConn's campus. 
and it's near, I forgot the name of the forest, but basically, y'all, it's a big hill, a lot of woods, some bushes, whatever. But anyway, they want to walk towards the woods because there was some paths in there. They thought it would be fun. And I was the one who was like, no, I'm not, I'm not going in there. And they were like, well, what? It's just the woods. Like, any animal will probably run away. It's a group of them. Like, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> like, first, who says this animal is going to run away? Nature certainly not proven that it's scared to take on humans sometimes. Secondly, it could be somebody in there doing something else that I don't want to see. So let's just not, I'm just, I'm a coward. I just want to, you know, I am, it, it, sometimes my fear keeps me sane and keep, I feel like it keeps me healthy. You ever seen that episode of Blackish with Dre? No. Okay, I'll have to show it to you one day, but... Fear, the fear the fear is real in me. So in saying that, I am afraid of ghosts. I'm not, not like the Ghostbusters song. I am afraid of ghosts. <laughs> I do have some belief in the supernatural. I haven't had a ton of experience with it, but I still have a story. Um, I've seen some spooky stuff, but as far as a ghost reaching out and grabbing me or seeing one around in my house... Not per se. The story I'm gonna tell, yeah, it 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 varies. I think it's been I think it's resonated with me for so long that it gets realer and realer, but I'm pretty sure I didn't see that thing on the side of the road, which I'll talk about in a second. I will <laughs> um I'll say that with my family, so this is if you take my last name, the Poppleton family. Yes. There is a, a history of believing in things too much um, and sometimes that's really beautiful and sometimes that's really unhealthy so let me start with the unhealthy part which was as a kid um, my parents were very religious and they believed in the devil in ways that were um, very profound to them very real to them and as a result like when I would go to bed or I would say before we'd go to bed it wouldn't be uncommon, especially like when other ancestors came over. I want to say this is just not our immediate Poppleton family. This is, this expands, um, and actually for any Did you other call your relatives your ancestors. Uh, that's a tricky question. We I have a complicated relationship with my last name and with okay. my with my people, if you will. Okay, another another episode. Another, another episode. episode. Um. But I would actually, I would be curious, other Poppletons, I've met a few other Poppletons not, you know, so far out there that they don't really come back to a, a place that I understand which line they come from. Uh, other Poppletons, tell me if this resonates with you, if you're hearing the show. Um, but we would get around at night and we'd gather around and there's no, you know, like when you get around a campfire and you talk about scary things and you try to scare the people before they go to bed in their tent in the middle of the woods. It wasn't that, like it wasn't that fun. Hey, let's see if we could scare everybody. Our family would tell stories about devils and dark angels and spirits from the other world as if it was the same as going to the store. It was commonplace, not only should you lock your doors at night because my dad was an LA police officer all of the all of the common be afraid my um, brother was a 
I'm totally going on a tangent here. No, let's do it. My brother was a newspaper boy and hearing my dad like just put the fear in God of him in him before he would go collect the money. <laughs> like never go in. Let me tell you what just happened like last week in LA. Like let, let me tell you what terrifying thing we found and which body parts. So make sure you never go in when someone invites you in for like a drink to while they fill out your like that those stories were as real in my family as the ghost stories, right? So growing up, I was terrified of ghosts. <laughs> I understand. Now <laughs> so I get to a point where I come to like my own beliefs. And I think maybe I've swung the other way on the pendulum because I don't believe in ghosts. Anytime a ghost story happens, I'm like, all right, but give me the other details. Like what else was going on? Cause I'm fairly confident there's a totally reasonable explanation for the story you're telling right now. Now that's the unhealthy part. The healthy part, the part that I'm quite fond of, it leads me into our first story of the night. You ready for this? Let's do it. All right. There is a, a historical folklore. There is a an ancestral uh, kind of pull in this Americana tradition of telling stories. And I wouldn't even say it's Americana. Currently, I'm in a um, master's program where we're talking about Irish folklore. And there's mm -hmm. so many stories of the fae and the devils and the ghosts. And um, in that beautiful tradition of telling those stories, we have this story in the Poppleton family of my great-grandfather. In a house, by the way, that I eventually purchased and to one of my great regrets in life sold. It was a family property. It was a place my great-grandfather built. Built. Got the wood. Brought it down. Oh, wow. Uh, and, and handcrafted that home. And you sold it? No, I'm the worst person in the world for selling. The, of the regrets we have in our life, that has got to be the top three, two. It's a big one. Anyway, this, this man is a farmer, a big farmer. Mm -hmm. In the basement of that house, it was all cement, and, and it all led from every corner of the basement, it leads down to By a drain. this man, are you talking about? My great-grandfather. Great-grandfather, yeah. okay. It's who he is. And the reason that it all funnels down is this where he slaughters the pigs and when the blood comes down, it's got to go down the drain. A man of uh, core values, very religious man. And when he was living there, it's, our, it's a very small town in the first place, but when he was living there, it was even smaller. No street lights. Walking down the road was not a paved road. It was a dirt road. And one night he's walking down from a baseball game, he was a catcher. Very good catcher as the stories go. Coming back from a baseball game, leaves the lights, he has a good mile and a half down an almost pitch black dirt road. And as he's walking, you can hear the footsteps as you walk, and there's another set of footsteps walking behind him. No one you can see, but he just knows he's there. And he walks does not say a word to this individual. It is, it is just a pace for pace, step for step, walking 
on this dirt road for a mile in pitch black until he sees the light of his house where his daughter is sitting on the front steps waiting for her dad to come home. As he starts nearing the house, this young girl says, who's that with you, dad? To which he replies, no one. And the reason is, as the story goes, he knew that the person walking with him was the devil. And he felt, or as his convictions led him to believe, you do not acknowledge that. You do not give the devil the satisfaction or the respect to even acknowledge that he was there. So what my great-grandfather does in this story is he tells his daughter, no one's with me, and that's his way of shunning this experience, not, not allowing this experience to enter his home. That story, whatever it was, I love that. Like, that's part of me that I want to hear those stories. Those are the kind of ghost stories that I could listen to forever. And, and I'm really proud of that one. When we talk about my complicated family history, uh, I feel like those are the stories that bring our family together, where in almost every aspect of the rest of life, uh, I have no reason to, <laughs> to see that happen. But when we gather around and talk about stories like that, that's what I would say when we talk about that kind of complicated history. That's a ghost story that I love and I want to hear more of. And that's what I celebrate around Halloween time. Is that why you sold the house? Because it sounds like a good reason to sell it. That's the scary. Uh, you're hey. the worst. You're so the worst. <laughs> no, that's not why we sold the house. I, I sold the house because I was an idiot. Honestly, had we kept the yes. house because of Utah real estate prices, they would be worth so much money. Um, we can, that's, that's, a, that's a story for another show. We're staying with the Halloween vibe. Let's keep, keep with spooky here. Oh, that was a scary story. I was going to tell you, don't ever tell me that story again. <laughs> All right, Jared. So that is my that is my ghost story. I'm going to hand it back to you. What what that else is far happening? better than mine? So when I was younger, we used to talk about Hanks. You ever heard of a Hank? You will need to explain what a Hank is. Okay. Hank, and I think that's part of the thing that makes it scary. So a Hank is more or less a ghost, but it's like a traveler. Go on. So when you see you see a Hank mainly when you are traveling, you could be really on your bike, you could be walking, but the most popular one was when you were in your car. Um, and I think it relates to here. I think about the story a lot here because we always talk about our long winding roads and how we can travel for an hour to somewhere. Like if we went to the casino, that's almost an hour drive with mostly unlit roads. So we really relate to that. Like a dark, dark road, no lights. Kind of reminds me of home a little bit. Especially right now, a lot of leaves. And so if you picture driving down the road and you see somebody that's like hitchhiking. And the person is hitchhiking and you look and there's a couple of ways this can go. You, you drive by them and hopefully you don't pick them up. <laughs> but the story goes with a couple of people that they, and this is common. This is one of those things you see in the movies sometimes that you're riding by, person's hitchhiking, you, you leave them, and then you get down the road a minute and look in your rearview mirror 
and you see the same person in your rearview mirror sitting in your back seat. It was always a spooky story to me. The, the story I have with it personally was, and again, another common story. We were, we were going home one night. A friend of mine stayed on the kind of other side of town, basically. But again, down the kind of a long, windy road. We were driving. Well, he was driving. And we passed by, passed by somebody. And I was, and I was like, hey, you see that cat? Looking like, <laughs> looking like they were trying to hitchhike? And my man was like, yo, that, that's, that's, that was probably just a Hank. I was like, stop playing, man. You know, everybody laughs in the car. <laughs> just like people think it's funny. I'm the scary one. And they're, they're trying to scare me, by the way. So we keep going. And, of course, I I was a little freaked out at first, but I got over it. Everybody's laughing. We keep going. And get We get this house about 10 minutes. 10 minutes later, we're, we're put, getting closer to this house. And as we drive by, one of, my, one of my boys is like, yo, did you just see that? And people were like, what? Yo, the same dude that was, and my other boy looked, and he was like, holy expletive. Same dude that we saw back here was now 10 minutes away looking like he still needed a ride on the side of the street. And like, and that's how that story would go oftentimes. It would be dark road. You're going down. You see this person. There's nothing else around. There's no real way that that person is A, that fast, or B, that they got in a car and drove to beat us after we passed them. You, you have to picture it like this. If we're at, you have to picture it like us being at the beginning of how we go home from Yukon and, didn't, and then getting up, up, back up Gurleyville. And somebody who was on foot there is now on foot back almost to the top of Gurleyville before we, before we go to, before we go to where we need to go to. It's like not really feasible that that would happen. <laughs> Did you pick them up? Oh, oh, heck no. <laughs> and so they all look and they were freaked out. And I was like, so I didn't, I didn't see anything the second time. So I can't, I don't know if they were messing with me. But they, you know, somebody gets to like the white face. Yeah. Like their their face, it just goes like, oh my God, like the blood leaves their face. That was their look. And and these weren't thespians that I'm talking here. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, everyone's wondering if you were the scaredy cat, you're the Ichabod Crane here. They want to be like the Brom Bones and, and scare Terrence. I think everyone was kind of wondering, was this a setup? I love your line. These were not thespians. Uh, keep going. <laughs> yeah, they, they white, and they were shook. And I was kind of like, "Y'all stop playing." And they, you looking at their face, they're like, "I'm serious. That cat is just. We just passed by him again." And again, just one of those creepy stories. And again, it reminds me of again being here all the time because we have those same type of roads. And you know, sometimes we'll see somebody. And again, it's just one of the creepiest things when you see a. Hank, or if or people who know 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 of Hanks, because it is just like seeing somebody walking with just with dark clothes on, and you see him at the last minute, and then of course it fright it frightens you so now you see somebody right walking down a dark road, especially with dark clothes on for no reason at night, which is a whole other story. Sure, but you see him last minute, 
And in these cases, thumbs out. Right, right. Doing the, and all of a sudden, the Disney haunted mansion thumbs out kind of hitchhiking motion. Yeah, <laughs> and it's the whole creepy vibe because again, the first time we've seen the guy I'm talking about in this case, it was the it was the thumbs out. Yeah, we passed by, and you know they always show that look that somebody do they like. <laughs> He's, always, you're always, gonna have to imagine the look everyone wants to give it a whole, a whole yeah, performance here I always wonder why hitchhikers do that like they, yeah. they have their thumb out why do they look at the car as the car passes by that's that's spooky <laughs> in itself even in the daytime like you're taking the license plate of everybody that passed by you so you can get them later alright so listeners I want to interject this really quickly a haint uh, is an old southern word for a specific type of ghost or evil spirit from the Carolina coast, which is hometown to you, man. I, I would guess that most people have not heard of a haint, and it's H-A-I-N-T with the T at the end. Is that correct? I've never known how to spell it. Yeah, but it's that we're talking about the same thing here. Um, this is so cool. I've never heard of a haint, and now now I know. It's, it's wild stuff. And it's, <laughs> again, just a spooky story, and when that happened... You know, we, we kind of pull in, and after the end, you know, after the fear, and everybody just kind of talked about what happened. And I think the funny part, the other funny part was I had to go back home, and nobody wanted to take me home from my friend's house. I was like, hey, I got to go back. I'm going to get in trouble. Like, We're not going back out on that street, Terrence. I wonder, you know, outside of um, whatever ghostly thrill specters get from frightening you right like say you'd stop let's let's totally take this story for what it's worth and that was a haint that was a supernatural element that had transported and it got exactly what it wanted it frightened you but let's say you'd stopped and picked it up like what would be what do you think a haint wants at that point they could just want to ride do you think, think it like it thing. still thinks that it's trying to get somewhere? Like the haint doesn't know it's a haint, and in its in its mind and its purpose, it's trapped in trying to get to third and forty second, and and it will never get there. Like that's its personal spooky circle for eternity. Is that what's going on? Or it's like a like a skipped record, right? You know how the record keeps going back, yeah. and maybe it's like this echo of of who that person was. And hopefully whoever that person was has moved on into the great wonders and has an eternity that's <laughs> not stuck trying to get to 42nd and 3rd. And it's third. just doing that to, tell, to make jokes? No, no, no. Like, <laughs> But it's just that like the echo, like some frequency left over. You know, like that skip, right? So we keep going. This is like, I'm totally, totally trying to legitimize this here. Um, we keep going on our timeline but their timelines, when someone dies, that timeline continues to skip within our timeline, and that is now the most plausible explanation I've ever had for a ghost. There you go. It's not, it's not even really the essence of that person, because that person's moved on. It is just this like skipping heartbeat of a memory, and you happen to see it driving wherever you were driving that evening. Yes. That's uh, spooky stuff, man. It it was spooky, and the way you explain it doesn't make it less spooky. I appreciate that. No, in a way, it makes um, it more spooky. You know, like it's yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's, you didn't make it less spooky. I'm I'm patting myself on the back here. I've 
made it grander. Terrence, I've taken your story and made it much bigger. Good job, me. Yeah. <laughs> now I want to drive home tonight. Um, all right. So there, there's, there's a piece of our haunted histories. And now I want to talk about New England's haunted histories, right? We, we have our own, and I think everyone has their story. Uh, and if you have yours, I will say that I'll start preparing for next year's episode because as we were talking about this episode, Terrence, I don't know if you're going to talk about um, that specific Airbnb. I hope you do. But it makes me think we should do the show from that Airbnb next year. And it would be really great to gather listener stories, right? Let's find the people living here in New England who have had stories outside of what you can find on the internet or outside of the famous ones. Let's start today getting ready for next next year's Halloween episode. But for this year's Halloween episode, let's talk about the ghosts of New England or the places of New England that people um, can visit today. And, and they're kind of the bigger historical ones. Yeah, uh, the way we're going to get ready for that, by the way, I just want to say I'm going to learn how to do this phone well, and I'll be phoning in, but I'm not going to that. <laughs> Abandoned All right, let's, let's save that then. Um, <laughs> let, me, let me lead. Uh, there's, a, there's a place in Massachusetts. Yes. It's the old Danvers State Hospital. And what this hospital was back in the day was an asylum. This is a place where... People who, in, in, and if you look at history and if you look at the historical records of some of these asylums, people were being committed to asylums back in the day for um, things that we would call depression or um, maybe if somebody's on the spectrum or if someone's just having an especially bad day. Sadly, um, most of the egregious stories tend to be women where there's this just immediate idea that, oh, that woman must be insane because we don't understand where she's coming from, mm -hmm. right? There's so many sad, sad stories of people living very normal lives, and one day they just get thrown into a, a hell for the rest of their existence because someone in the town or someone in their family didn't know how to communicate with someone with ADHD at the, at, at the time. So as bad as it is, and as someone who has maybe some of these ailments we just spoke about, uh, I think we should consider ourselves lucky in the in the mental health timeline uh, that there are people really trying to figure this out, and we don't end up in a place like Danvers State Hospital. For the people at Danvers State Hospital, they were not treated well. These were people oh, yeah. that they tried electrotherapy, they tied them up in straitjackets, and, you know, just try and imagine that. Being in a straitjacket is kind of this go-to gimmick in a movie or in a story. But to really be tied in a straitjacket for any period of time is a very real form of torture. One of the claim to fames for Danvers State Hospital is this is the invention point, the place of the frontal lobotomy. Mm-hmm. How crazy is that? Crazy is exactly the wrong <laughs> word I should be using here, but how how intense is that? That this is that place. So this is back in 1878. That's when it opened up. The architecture itself 
is terrifying, Terrence. Like if you look at it from a drone, it looks like a bat. It looks like right. this old gothic bat. And it's, it's, it's an intense and scary place before you even get to the history. And it's got creepy underground tunnels. Like as far as things that keep you up at night, this facility had all of that. So it closes. And when it closes, um, the usual stories come up. Now you start talking about those echoes that we were just discussing, and now people are hearing things and seeing things, and this becomes one of the most haunted places in all of New England. How the story ends, to me, is the most terrifying part. In 2005, yes, <laughs> they renovate this place, <laughs> and they start building apartments and condos there, which you can now own. You can now go and get yourself an apartment at one of the most terrifying and, and historically haunted places in the world. That could be where your condo is. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and guess, Terrence, this is not a place that you will be renting or investing in anytime soon. I highly doubt it. It's, um, it's a place we haven't been. It's a place maybe we will go one day because now, you know, now it's not so much that old asylum experience. They've really done it up and it's a nicer place and driving by it. I imagine it looks quite lovely because they're trying to get tenants. Um, but from what it originally was to the mask that they've now put over it, I don't think it hides that history. And for people who do believe in ghosts and who do believe in, in uh, those kind of echoes of the past, it would be a hard sell. I think to even someone like me, who I would say is, is largely apathetic to supernatural things. It would be impossible for me to live there and have something go bump in the night and me not as a very <laughs> rational person say, but wait, could it possibly be right. that? Right. <laughs> so I don't know who's living there with total peace of mind, but uh, we would love to have you on the show. But that, that's some people's thing though. That's some people's thing. Not mine, as yeah. to be clear. Again, <laughs> not mine. I think if anyone's getting anything from this show, Terrence, it's that it, this is not your thing. Uh, you do not seek out the, the spooky. It, you know, the whole, I've always been fascinated in the sense that people who just like to be scared. Yeah. And I'm just like, well, why? I live, <laughs> I live with a healthy amount of fear all my life. Even the Halloween thing has never been. Uh, that's so great. The Halloween thing is can be funny, <laughs> but I was never, you know, I want to dress as, you know, Batman or Black <laughs> Panther. Uh, I don't, I, I don't need to worry about ghosts. I love and, that. You know, I love that. I appreciate, I appreciate my ancestors. I appreciate the people who came before me. I don't necessarily need to see them again. <laughs> the, you know what's interesting is um, in Moby Dick I don't know if you've read it it's one of those like grand American not that I need to tell anybody what Moby Dick is but uh, what, what, uh, what I was going to say is it's one of those books that everybody has started very few people have finished but it's considered the all time classic in that story one of the parts that really resonated with me is um, one of the characters is actually thinking about this and what they are considering is when someone passes when a loved one passes, there's nothing you want more than to see them again. You hope for that dream or you wonder if there's some way to bring them back until someone tells a story about seeing them. 
And then all of that like desire turns into creepiness. And so the point that the book makes is like, there's one part of us that really wants to connect with it. And there's another part of us that's just terrified. You know, that idea of seeing a little ghostly child singing nursery rhymes on the corner. Nobody actually wants Mm -hmm. that to happen. But at the same time, everyone thinks that they want that to happen. It's a very interesting um, point that I'd never considered until I read it. And you just brought it up too. like, uh, I miss you. I don't know that I need you to tremendously. Yeah, I don't, you. don't need you to come speak to me in a spooky voice and tell me where the gold's buried. Yeah, or maybe you know, maybe the gold is different. Yeah, you left that part out. <laughs> Unfortunately, in this capitalistic society, I might have a. <laughs> if you want to tell me where that money's at, then I might be all about it. I will put up with the accelerated heart rate. Um, yeah, so that's that's the that's the asylum, Terrence. Are we going straight into Lizzie Borden's home? Are we going to save that for last? I do want to match really quickly one asylum for for another and okay. the old Mansfield Training School, which very similar history. I won't go through through all of it, but opened in the 1800s and Lakeville was re- moved to Mansfield and was called the Connecticut School for Imbeciles. Which, of course, we would not say nowadays. I do not think. And then it was also called something for the feeble-minded. Two names that, again, definitely not politically correct nowadays. But Hey, before we get too far into it, do you think it was as derogatory back then as well? Like, uh, Do you think that that has kind of spiraled into a much bigger insult over time? Or do you think it was intentionally offensive even back then i think it was the language back then however ironically calling somebody feeble-minded or imbecile was an insult back then i believe so it's funny that you asked that because it was part of the language of what you would say but people would insult people like that like they're an imbecile and then then they add no, no 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 i mean clinically it's totally okay because I <laughs> <Right>. mean clinically. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. Fair enough. Sorry to interrupt. Keep going. Oh, nah. So early 1900s, it was moved to Mansfield and basically same thing. They did the straight jackets there. Amazing. That's why I always wondered, like, what was the training part? Mansfield Training School, their stories about, their stories about shock treatment. I don't know if I wait, said wait. already. Man, this is Mansfield, Connecticut? Around the corner. This is local. Right. Mansfield Training School. All right, keep going. Yeah, so now UConn, it's, it's where UConn's human resource office and they call it the depot campus is located there. And so you'll see it, and it's across the street from an old prison, actually. Um, the prison was operation up until 2000 and... Woo, 14 to 2010-ishes. Um, but ever since I've been here, it is, it, it's a spooky place. You see the dilapidated buildings. You can drive around. You can drive around and you'll see, like, if you drive by past the Human Resource Building, the first building you see is this pretty big building. And it's just, you know, it's falling. It has some pillars on it. And you drive around and see some of the other buildings that they're falling apart. And the word is, when they when it closed in 1993, 
people just left. They just up and left. They closed it, left everything like it is. So they take pictures of it, and all. And there, if you go Google it, you you can see these pictures. They're like bins there. Like I seen a picture earlier that just has a bin that says straight jackets on there. I don't know if you've seen that one or not. But no, we'll we'll put it up on a, the it's blog. It's a basket that says straight jackets. Nice. And then it's just all these other place, all these other um pictures of like just empty seats where like people would sit around that. And kind of to what to your point, the buildings the so a lot of those buildings aren't being reused. Most of those buildings are just going to whatever. Time times having their way with those buildings. Right. Right. Um you really can't go in them. The public the public is not allowed there because it is dangerous. Like you you walk in there and something could fall on you. Right. Basically or or something could eat you. I don't mean a ghost. I do mean like a huge coyote or something. Or that's a big coyote. Yeah, maybe the coyote bites you. But either way, yeah. you don't want to be bitten. Um, and it's funny how these buildings and what you were saying. It's funny how these buildings and these places are like repurposed, and that's never really spoken about. Like some people talk about it a little bit, like. But I remember when I first came here, it'd be like, "Oh, that's the old Mansfield Training School. That's what Depot Campus is." It's okay. I thought it was like a career center. Like, you know how some schools have a career center where you go learn how to do brick, yeah. be a brick mason, auto mechanics. And then I heard the other names like, oh yeah, that's the that's the old um, mental, mental facility. And I was like, wait, I thought it was a training school. They were like, yes, that's what it was called. The Mansfield Training Center was a mental facility. And then of course, like, looking at it more, it had all these other names. And it's always funny how we repurpose these things. And again, it sits right there. And it's, it was... I always thought it was more spooky. Um, well, excuse me. I I always thought it was spooky before the prison was closed, and now that the prison is closed across the street, it's like really spooky because now right. you got, even though they're trying to repurpose the prison, you got a closed prison, and then you got this place across the street, and then at the end of the corner, I have never found out what this white house is, but UConn knows it now too. When you get past the prison and the Mansfield Training Center is on your right and this is in like an ideal place it's like a, little, a beautiful drive when you just pass by it because it sits kind of on hills rolling hills there's like a pond there perfect setting for this is this place before it gets dark and then when it gets dark this is it like I don't even see how people catch the bus there like at night like cause yeah. the, the bus does come there to pick up some students, but right past there, that's just this big, pretty like a pretty big white house that is also not being used. I'm pretty sure some exit lights or something in there because you ride by sometimes you can see like the red lights on in that house. But it's just a spooky, it's a, it's a spooky wild setup. So that's that's like just a local little story here. The old local legend. Uh, Terrence, are there any reported signs of, our signs or reported stories of hauntings or experiences that people have had there that we know about? The, what I hear is the voices. I've yeah, heard of the course. voices. Um, I've heard of the feeling of, what do they always call it? When you're, you have that experience and you feel something and then you feel feel the cold. Yeah. It's really cold in New England, though. I do want to say that. <laughs> but <laughs> they feel that cold flush. Or that, or sometimes I hear a hot flush, too. It can be really hot in the summer in New England, by the way. Uh, <laughs> but not, not, not making light. But 
I've heard I've heard of those things there. And just sometimes the apparitions, like, you know, you can be standing there, you can see something kind of walk across. But those are the things. And if you see the area, though, you the, the area like, itself doesn't need any additional storytelling. Yeah. Right. It, you could go there and just be scared by yourself. So your mind might convince you you've seen something if you went there. <laughs> um, again, not the place I would hang out at without being in my car at night. Speaking of that feeling, I'm, we have two more stories. We know we're coming up on the on the top of the hour, so we're going to go through this really quickly. But I do want to note there is uh, there was a study done where people were trying to explain exactly that feeling you were just talking about, mm-hmm. where there were these caves that were supposed to be haunted, and there was one cave that uh, one part of the cave that nobody had experienced anything, and then another part of the cave that was the most haunted part of the cave. Okay, so they got people to sit quietly in both parts of the cave and and just write down how they felt. And without any foreknowledge of which part was haunted and which part was not haunted, they would sit in each side and say, okay, uh, yeah, I feel something really uncomfortable here. And almost 100%, I would say high, high 80s, significant statistic, the people that were in the quote unquote haunted part of the cave had that feeling. So you could extrapolate from that, oh, well, that must be proof that it's the haunted part of the cave. And for the Halloween episode, maybe I shouldn't be explaining this, but that's not actually what was going on. (laughs) The most haunted part of the cave was actually the largest part of the cave, and it is a human instinct when you can't be close to a wall and when things are more open for your senses to become heightened. And so you start to have that feeling And so the people who were having this quote-unquote haunted, spooky feeling were simply in a much larger section of the cave where it was less secure. It was was harder to predict what would happen, who was there. And so just kind of feeding in my uh, hyper-rational version of what goes on here at Halloween. But it doesn't make it less fun, I think. Now, staying in Connecticut. But the reason we're staying in Connecticut this time is because this is a lighthouse story. Terrence, is there anything more New Englandy than the big, beautiful, historic lighthouses of New England? I don't think so. Apple like, pie. Apple pie in a lighthouse. Uh, there was a movie that came out recently uh, with Willem Dafoe and uh, who's Batman? Goodness, I can't believe I just forgot his name. The latest Batman is Pat Robertson. Robinson. Robertson. I'm going with Robertson. Uh, and I'll remember as soon as we finish this. I'm just amazed that Batman's a vampire. Didn't never, I never knew that. Uh, right, because he's from Twilight, right? Yeah. Um, they did a show called, I think it was called Lighthouse. I don't know if you've seen this, but it's basically about two people going totally insane because of how isolated uh, Lighthouse life is. And it's actually uh, an allegory, and, and there's a lot of hidden meaning behind it. But Miner's Ending is, is, is a pretty great depiction of it, and the reason it leads into this story is the Stratford Shoal Lighthouse in Connecticut. There's actually yes. two spooky stories behind this. The first is a really sad story, I think, and I, I sometimes feel bad when really tragic stories are just turned into like Halloween favorites, but uh, the keeper there, I think his name was Julius Coster, uh, going through this kind of isolation madness, there was an assistant of his who killed himself, it was a, a suicide. And that trauma, in addition to the loneliness of being there, caused him to 
to try and follow suit. So he attempted to take his own life. And because of that, they actually took him down to a facility in New York to try and help him and to get him better. But he ended up succeeding in New York and taking his own life. And so there was this kind of hysteria there that not that you go insane because of the isolation, but because there was some, you know, voice or something causing people there to to lose it. And then the second haunted tale was this place, not this place, but a ship called Ship Trustful. And there was a wreckage there. Mm. Uh, and I understand people died. And so now I'm giving you the five minute version so we could get to the finale here and we're already at 50 <laughs> minutes. Um, but now this place is said to have, and this is, this is one of the coolest ones when you talk about what's the haunted uh, spirit that's still there. What is it that people know? My favorite is this one that people will sometimes hear muffled church bells in the area when there's a storm. And of all of the rad, like, things that you could do. If you're, if you're making a movie, I just think that one is so good to have these ethereal sounds of bells and the fog uh, chiming out and, and, and setting the stage for any sort of mishap or melancholy or nefarious spiritual apparitions to have their way. Nothing sets the stage better than ghostly church bells. That's that's the lighthouse. Take us home, Terrence. So, I'm not gonna tell two, but but I am gonna tell you all a pretty spooky story about this bridge. Wait, wait, wait! I thought we were talking about Lizzie, Lizzie Borden. I'm gonna get you there, but all right, let's go. Emily's bridge in Stowe, Vermont. Just look it up. All right, Emily goes, wants to meet a lover. Lover don't show up. She hangs herself. Classic. I know, jerks. And then people drive their cars over this bridge sometime nowadays and report scratches along the bridge. Oh, that's or not scratches okay. on their car. No, that's not all right. That's that oh. one's creepy. Or scratches on their car. Yeah. Some people even walking along this bridge have reported scratches on their skin. That's I don't know why they're scratching their skin. But I don't know. Google that. Emily's Bridge, Vermont. But y'all may have heard of Lizzie Borden. This score, this story was always kind of spooky to me. Y'all probably heard the little song. Lizzie Borden took an axe and gave her mother forty wax. When she saw what she had done, she gave her father forty-one. There have been multiple movies on Lizzie lately. Yes. She's a hot topic. Some documentaries also about kind of getting to the point of whether she did it. Yeah, she may I, have been guilty. I always she... thought it was a done deal. I thought everybody knew it was her, but I guess there's some speculation that it wasn't actually her. Right. So yeah, yeah. she got found not guilty. Right. I didn't know any of this. I just because of the of the little nursery rhyme, I just assumed we all knew that she did it. Yeah. But there's there's reason to believe she didn't. Hey, just because the gun was in my hand doesn't mean I killed the man. How many movies have uh, have seen that play out? Okay, where is she, by the way? Is that in Massachusetts? This is in Massachusetts, uh, in Fall River, Massachusetts. The house, and this is the house where Lizzie may. <laughs> or may not have killed her parents right. that is there. Um, and so, and I, and I did not know this until reading this. It is now the Lizzie Borden bed and breakfast. Right. So all of you people who Terrence was just talking about who like that feeling of being afraid, is there a better bed and breakfast to go stay in than the actual house of the Lizzie Borden uh, 
historical may or may not have happened happenings. We we know they were killed, and we know they were killed in this house. Yes, we know they were hacked with the axe. That part is true. That's, oh, yeah. It's overall that story's always been really creepy. It's it sets like a. I can only imagine going into town knowing like this is where Lizzie Borton was at, and this just puts you in that mood of like wow, because if if I'm remembering correctly. The fam- well, I think it seemed like it was a smaller town. Well, as we said, a lot of smaller New England towns. And the family was fairly prominent. So, well, they people knew them. So, if you're lucky enough, as it says, well, unlucky enough, I'm not, Travis is going to stay there. He can let me know. You can go and you can see the room where Lizzie's mother was murdered. Downstairs, they have the couch where the father died at. And so if you get a room there, you get an extensive tour of that. Uh, And it also includes a tour of the basement and a full history tour of the whole case and everything. And you can get a special 50-minute tour if you don't stay there and you just want to go. I might do that one with you. You I'll do 50. You might just go see the place. I'll do 50. I ain't doing overnight. All right, you wouldn't do overnight. Uh, we need to wrap up here, so I just have one question for you. And fi- by the way, happy Halloween, everybody. It is a beautiful weekend. Great, great Sunday afternoon to get ready for it. Go see the great pumpkin. Go see the great pumpkin. Charlie Brown. And uh, and I'm, I'm sorry you have to work or go to school tomorrow, but at the same time, I mean, what a great day to get into the mood. Happy Halloween, everybody. I want to know, Terrence, will you do the podcast from there during the day? Yes, I will do I'm that. I'm saying podcast. But you do the live WHUS radio show um, from there. So you would go and do the show from there. Absolutely would during the day with you by my side. All right. When I, my foot is better and I can push off in case I need to run. I imagine that's a place that's uh, that's booked out pretty, pretty early. I'm going to look into it early in the next couple of weeks and see if we can actually book that. And I think that would be the a great place for next year's Halloween episode. So Terrence, how do you want to lead us out? Besides a fantastic shout out to Bomb Bomb Vivant. And you might've noticed we did a totally different uh, song for them today. And we're going to lead out with it as well. It's, it's one that I think fits the Halloween spirit very well, but Terrence last word. I don't think Lizzie did it. She lived out the rest of her life there in fall river or a lot of her life. Innocent. I'm going to give the innocent thing right now. Shout out to you, Lizzie. I'm sorry people keep singing this song about Damn. you. But thank you all for listening. As I usually say, I appreciate our thousands of listeners who are listening and calling in. Thank you so much. I may be being a bit hyperbole, but even if it's one of you, I feel thousands <laughs> of love. Appreciate your love, y'all. Yeah, for Travis Palpton and Terrence Abney, this is The Connecticut Show. Send the potion in a
Come and see. 